So we just praise you, Jesus, this morning. We thank you. We thank you for your great salvation to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you all honor and glory. And we thank you for who you are and for how you brought us to yourself. And we are so grateful for your great salvation in our lives, Jesus. Thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you, Father, for your willingness to do it and to have him do it. And we are grateful. Are we grateful? I thought that song about him being great was good because we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, This is a bit of a, let's see, at first I thought it was a warning. Now I think it's just a caution. It's a caution for us to know um, what's going on about us. You know, there's two realms that we dwell in that we deal with. We have a spirit realm and a natural realm. And we have those two worlds that we have to manage. Well, in the beginning, when the fall came in the, in the garden, the natural realm uh, took over and the spirit realm died because the, the light went out in man. And so Jesus came and he's building a kingdom to where, um, but God is the God of both of these realms. You know, he is the God of, of uh, uh, heaven and earth. He's the God of everything. So when we call him great, we have to see his greatness in the wholeness of who he is. And he's bringing us to that wholeness. And the caution was that, that I just will give you the bottom line before I get started, because sometimes I get off on little rabbit trails, and so I'm going to get to the end before we start. And that is that we are being robbed. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal. He comes to steal. You've got to get that right. He comes to steal, then he can kill and destroy. If he doesn't steal first, he can't kill and destroy. So what's he stealing? He's stealing the word out of our hearts. He's stealing the the peace of God away from us. He's stealing the fruit of the spirit from us. He's stealing whatever he can get like that. Because once he steals, but once he steals that word and the spirit from us, he can kill and destroy. That's why man started dying. When the light went out in the garden, when they ate from the wrong tree, they started, they began to die from the inside out. And so we might not notice that he's stolen anything from us, but we're slowly dying from the inside out when he does. And in the world that we live in and the culture that we're amongst, uh, we need to realize that he's being, being, and the more you know the Bible, the more crafty he becomes to steal from you. But one way we'll address one thing he's stealing today, he's stealing our respect for authority. In all areas of our life, whether it be the government, the church, the home, the school, the respect for the, uh, the policeman, any positions of authority are being disrespected today. And the positions that are supposed to be submitted to that authority are taking over. That is completely out of order. It will not fit in the kingdom And we lose the anointing and the presence of God when we participate in that. So I'm as guilty as anybody else of making my voice known to the TV when it says something I don't like. I'm I'm as guilty, but God is cautioning us to be careful with that because these are the, what did it say about the serpent? He was more subtle, subtle than any of the creatures. In other words, crafty. He's crafty. Our whole system, our whole Uh, The course of this world, the age that we live in, is saturated with an infection of the spirit of disrespect for authority. 
Now, when I was a kid, we had a little more respect for authority than this. I mean, if a policeman stopped you, you did not tell him off and curse him out. You quaked in your boots. If the school teacher at school corrected you, you su submitted to that. And now they would pull a gun and shoot them if they could. So I'm just saying, as the church, our job is to get these things out of our life and live out the life that, that the kingdom represents. Because when we, give, when, when we give up just so we can voice our opinion or, or say what we want to say or we don't like this, this or that, we, we give up a lot. Because the Holy Spirit has been sent to lead us into all victory, into all life. He's been sent to lead us. He cannot lead us if we're disrespectful to authority because he's not going there. So we lose out on a lot. We lose the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a bunch. I was listening to a lady this morning talking about how the Holy Spirit, she's a minister and her husband had passed away and she had to take over a lot of the business of the church and, and she uh, had to be very led by the Holy Spirit. If she had gotten caught up in some of the strife of the kingdom of the worlds, she wouldn't have had that leadership and she could have lost her whole ministry or their, their church. So we have, to be very, we have to be very careful because realize we have an enemy and he's, very fo he's more focused on destroying us than we are on destroying him. We're just trying to live our lives, you know. But you come to church and we tell you about blessings and we tell you about prosperity and we tell you about all these things that the blessing brings. But, but I can go home and get caught up in the strife of the news and lose it. I think that's why sometimes we're in and sometimes we're out. Sometimes it's working and sometimes it's not. It's because this is a very subtle, now there's other things that he steals from us, but we're, con we're going to talk about just our respecting our authorities. We're all, we all have an authority over us somewhere. And, I'm not, and we will discuss the home where the man is, in, is the, the authority figure in the home to that woman. Not all women, that woman. She made a covenant with him. She agreed to it, and they stood before God and, and uh, sealed that covenant. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the bottom line was, I wanted, you to, I wanted to tell you that we're being robbed, and the, and the Lord is cautioning us, because this has been described as a great year of all kinds of blessings and exceeding abundance. God has been stored up and made ready to pour out so much upon His children. But he can't get to us. The blessing can't get through the curse. And if I keep opening my heart up to the curse, if I keep opening my life up by my mouth and what I say and disrespecting authorities, and sometimes they're not right. What do I do when I have a bad authority over me? Well, you pray for them. That's why he said in 1 Timothy, first of all, pray for all those in authority. First of all, why? Because that's so important. Because if they're, if they're not bad now and, they're, and thing, good things are happening, the devil will try to make them bad because they weren't covered. <laughs> Headships depend on the body to cover them and to dress them with the Word of God and the love of God and whatnot. You, you, you know, I don't know if we realize it, but we put on our spiritual clothes by what we say with our mouth. 
And we dress others by what we say with our mouth. You know, Aaron's sons, uh, they made garments and dressed the high priest. And that's, that's, what, that's what they do. I mean, you, you should be dressing, which I believe you have, because they said we, they had a good prayer time this morning. I'm all dressed for, to do what I'm doing right now. Because they dressed me this morning by praying for me and what they did. We've got to outsmart the devil. This world's in chaos. Why? Because the church has got to get on the ball. We've got to get on the ball. Not just what we do in the physical, but, but, but declaring in the spirit how it's going to be. When you see something on TV and you know that's not right, you immediately pray for the person who's doing it. You know, I, I had the Lord get after me one time and said, I can't, I can't uh, work with you anymore because you're not separating the precious from the worthless. Every soul is precious to God. And Jesus Christ died for every soul. No matter how stupid you think they are right now or how evil they appear right now, that soul was paid for at the cross. And the one that we say we love paid the price, right? So if I love Jesus, I need to pray for that, that stupid soul. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they're not doing right, you know. And, but, so we covered them with the blood. The blood's been shed for the sins of the whole world. So that person that, you're, that person that you think is not doing right or is treating you wrong, we've still got to put the blood over them and receive that forgiveness from Calvary for them. Amen? A lot of times that can... Uh, Settle it right there. But if not, you're, do, you're covering yourself and you're, you're, you're doing what God's asked you to do. I'm not, it's not up to me to get them to change. I'm just doing what God's asked me to do. I'm setting the Holy Ghost up to help them. Amen. And sometimes, you know, you have to like, like take the horse by the bridle and say, we're going to do this now. We're going to do it. I remember one time... Uh, the Lord, I was in prayer and the Lord had asked me to pray for somebody and they had not been doing right. They had just not been doing right. And I knew they weren't doing right. And I said to him, you know they're not doing right. And I said, Lord, they're not doing right. You and I both know they're not doing right. And he said so sweetly, but would you do it for me? I said, yes, Jesus, I'll do it for you. I'm not doing it for them, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> and that's the good place to get. We're not doing it for them. We're, I'm not doing it for me, so you think I'm a good Christian. I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for him. And he's worthy, and he's great, and he, need, and he gets the glory. And he paid the price. He deserves to get the glory. Amen? Well, I'm way off track now. Okay, so let's start with the very beginning slide. Where are we? Okay, this is a famous scripture. Everybody knows this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What I want to show you is that Jesus came in the garden. There, uh, there was a beautiful garden and, it, and God caused the man to rest there and told him to dress it and to keep it, to guard this garden. I, I look at that as... Our hearts today are that garden, and that anointing is in that garden, and the presence of God with all the supernatural workings of it is in that garden. And so he, he, everything was in order in the garden until the serpent came and deceived the woman, and they ate from the wrong tree, and then disorder took over. 
the garden and he put them out and sent them. Jesus came, fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus came to return order. He brought the kingdom, which is an orderly place. Things don't get out of order in the kingdom. Things are operated in order. That's why there's so much power when you're operating in the kingdom, because everything's in order. You know, you don't have this flow coming down from here, and then you got a short circuit over there. No, this guy's where he's supposed to be. Everybody's got a... That's why uh, Vincent was saying, God has a place for you if you're visiting today. He does, and our job is to either welcome you here, which we'd love to do, or help you find that place. Our prayers are that you find your place. Prayerfully, it would be here. We would like for it to be here. But we're not going to try to get you to stay here if it's not your place, you know, because that's your happy place. That's your wealthy place is where God's placed you. So God's loved the world, and uh, I've always looked at that as that God loves souls, and he does. And so let's look at the next slide. It's the world is cosmos. You've heard that term, haven't you? The whole cosmos. Well, that's what the word world is there in the Greek. And it's orderly arrangement, decoration, by implication, the world in a wider and narrow sense, including its inhabitants. So there's your souls. Jesus died for souls. Literally or figuratively, adorning our world. So it's an adorning, it's a decoration, and it's orderly arrangement. And so Jesus also died. God Jesus died for our souls, amen, for the sins of the whole world. But he also died to put things back in order. God loves order. He loves his order. He has an order. And that's where, you know why he loves the order? Because the blessing flows in that order. Eternal life flows in that order. We don't want, we, we, I, I, I stay in my place because I recognize the power that's in order. I'm not saying I would never have been tempted to go off over here and go do this and go do that or try to get out of order. Sure you do. But I know better. I don't want to lose out on what getting out of order would, would bring me. So to know that God so loved his order. And do you know there is a whole, in the cosmos, all the planets in the universe, I don't know if you've ever heard it, it's called a symphony of the planets, and all the planets have a musical note to them. It's a choir going on out there. In fact, God slung them into existence out of joy. They're spinning around. And that's what the word joy in Hebrew means, to spin around. So the earth is spinning. The moon is spinning around the earth. The sun's going, I forget all how that works. But at any rate, <laughs> everything's spinning around in the joy of the Lord. And he said, if any two of you agree is in touching, if any two of you harmonize, agrees in touching about anything in the earth that shall be done for you by your Father who's in heaven, coming into that harmony, coming into that order that the kingdom gives will bring power into our lives. And the devil wants to steal that. If he can't stop you from going to, getting born again, he can't stop you from getting filled with the Spirit, he won't stop you from maybe going to church. But when you get home... He may get you out of order and take all of that away from you. I like Dr. Savell's book. If Satan can't, if he can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. So the order, and then we go to the next slide that says um, 
the time is when Jesus came on the scene now, he, John the Baptist said this in the beginning, but then Jesus came on the scene and he said this. This is the first things that he said in his preaching. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So basically he's saying, repent and get back in order with the gospel. Amen? And then the next one, it says, uh, Jesus came, and this is at the end of Matthew, and he spoke unto his disciples, saying, all power, what did he do? All authority. This is two words for power. Power is dunamis, and power is exousia. Uh, exousia. <laughs> I've got a little Greek thing that, that tells me how to pronounce these words, and I forgot what it said now, but... At any rate, and she goes, exousia, exousia, <laughs> has to say it like that. So when he came, when he was leaving at the end of Matthew, he said, uh, all power, all authority, what did he buy back? Our authority, man's authority in the earth to rule and to reign and to, to subdue and take dominion. To be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and take dominion. He bought that back because we lost it. We gave it up in the garden. Why? Because we did what we wanted to do instead of what God had told us to do. We got out of order. Actually, the woman got out of order. That's a whole other story. There's a couple of good books in the bookstore <laughs> about that. The new book, Woman Imagined, is, is a Bible study for that. So uh, to get back in order, she, you know what she did? Because it says you, tells you in Timothy about a woman's not to um, teach or usurp authority over a man. Literally, it means she is not to be a self-worker. Now, it says she's not to usurp authority over the man, the man she made a covenant with. Not just all men, because there, there's a whole lot of confusion about whether I ought to even be up here right now. Not just all men. Well, I'm up here as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not up here as his wife. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm submitted to him because he's the head of the church here and he's the pastor. And he and I, Pastor Jack, who is my son, but he's not my son. He's a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ when we're in business here. Okay? And so... Now, when I go home, I'm submitted to him because he's my husband, and, I'm, and he's the husband of the house, and I'm the wife. But up here, I'm submitted to him because that's the position I hold at the church. But I'm up here because he delegated his authority for me to be here. So I'm submitted to my authority in being here. So now I have an authority to speak into your lives, right? Because the flow, I'm in the flow. I'm in God's flow, right? So just so we understand these things, says sometimes we get confused about them, you know? And I, I mean, it's, it can be sensitive to get, because it says there's no male nor female in Christ. And yet the woman is to be submitted to the man, but she's to be submitted to the man, the woman to the man, not all women to all men. Okay? But ladies, just a little sidebar. Realizing that they are the head of the home and they carry that authority and they are males, they're male images of God. Uh, learn to respect that. If you'll honor and respect that, the two of you will get along a lot better. 
And our problem usually is we wanted it done yesterday. And so we tend to take over and lead out. And maybe you have a quiet husband who's not going to confront you and just lets you do it. And y'all might be really happy that way. You, it might really work for you. But it's not working for God. He's got a lot more in you than it's ever going to come out if you're backwards in the home. We had a couple once years ago, and she was stronger than, she was more verbal and outspoken and stronger. And she would lead out, and they, they moved because of her job. And he just had to go get a job when he, wherever they moved to. So she was leading the household. And they were happy that way. But they were never going to develop spiritually into everything God had for them that way. Because it requires God's grace to do our part. You know, you have to have God's grace to submit. You have to have God's grace when you'd rather just sit back and be quiet and let her lead out to take charge and to say, down, baby, <laughs> down, honey, and to, to have a vision for the household. That's sacrificial in itself, isn't it? So it, it puts a demand on us when we get in our places of order. It puts a demand on us that the Holy, only, only the Holy Spirit can help us with. Only the Holy Spirit and the grace of God can help us uh, walk that out. And that's what he's looking for. He's wanting us to get in a position where he's the only one that can help us. He doesn't put us there. We put ourselves there. But if we'll, if we'll follow his guidelines, and I was thinking, you know, I bet the, the women of the world system would look at my book and think, she's trying to take us back to the Victorian age. Yep, I am. You're, you're not to, to remove the ancient landmarks. And God's ways look like Victorian days. Maybe not the fullness of them, but there, there are rights and wrongs. Amen? Okay. So the time, Jesus came and spake to them, All authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. And that word there is uh, privilege, force, uh, the competency, jurisdiction, authority, liberty, strength. One has the power to decide and the power of rule and government. Somebody's guiding the ship. Okay? And that's that authoritative. And th th who's ever guiding the ship is getting slambasted today. <laughs> lambasted, slambasted, whichever. They're getting slammed. The person that's guiding the ship. Authority. You know why? Because we live in a lawless uh, age. Lawlessness is rebellion against constituted authority. This is God's constituted authority. When we rebel against that, that is, it says in Thessalonians in the Amplified, that is the spirit of Antichrist. Anti, against Christ, against the anointing. Christ meaning the anointing, the anointing meaning God's presence, God's power. The anointing that breaks the yoke and lifts the heavy burden. Anti that. Who would be anti that? Somebody who was only going to do what they want to do when they want to do it. The pride of life. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Those are serious issues. Now we hear a lot about the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. We don't hear a whole lot about the pride of life. And we all have some. We all have some. I had the Lord correct me one day. I was listening to the radio, and they were offering prayer requests. And I, I thought, well, Lord, I don't think I have any prayer requests. I mean, my life seems to be really good right now. And 
And, and I just don't feel like I have any. And he just said, yes, you do. <laughs> okay. And he said, uh, pride. I thought, pride? Lord, you, I'm the most humble person you've ever wanted to meet. I'm not, not prideful. But, but this, this is the twist. When you say, I can't, I, I can't do that. When you say, I, I don't know. You're saying, I don't know if God can use me in that. It's an upside down pride. If I, if I was to, to say, I can do all things, I can do it, whatever I want, I can, I can manage this, I can handle it, I've got it, that's noticeable pride. But the backwards pride is when you go, oh God, I don't think you could ever use me. I don't think you could ever use me. That's upside down pride. But it's still pride. And that's what he said, he said, doesn't matter. If it's coming from this direction or from that direction, I'm here and I can't use either one of them. They're out of my capacity to reach them. I can't get through you because you say I can't do it. And I can't get through them because they say I'm all I need. So we have to be careful with that. So we see that. Jesus came to restore. He said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. He just released it to his disciples. Now you go. And then he taught us the next slide to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants, he wants, uh, he wants us to pray in the kingdom. This is the deal. The church, the bride of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the VIPs from heaven, ambassadors for Christ, the anointed one, uh, and, and the ambassadors for Christ in the earth. He, he wants us to manifest his glory. He wants us to pray and ask and see prayers answered. We, in order to, get, to have this flow of power, we have to be in order. And we're going to see the order in a minute, but... We have to be in order. You need to be in the right place at the right time. You need to, you need to go to the church that, that the Lord has assigned you to. He has an assignment for you. And then you need to find out what your assignment is in that church. And, and he, hey, we understand that sometimes lives are busier than other times. And, and you, you might not be bogged down in everything, but you might just be able to do something once a month or... There's things that you can do that will fit with what's happening in your life at the time. Amen? Amen. But you know what? The greatest blessing I've experienced in my life, and I've been walking with the Lord since I was 28. That's a long time. A lot longer than I can imagine. And uh, the, is that I've always been involved. Whatever my kids did at school, I was room mothers, I was this and that. Ran the base, the hamburger stand at the baseball park, just everything. I was always involved, but in church I was always involved. And we would used to, we used to go to Braisewood. We drove there 30 minutes every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Three boys didn't want to go, but they were in the car. And I was running the intercessory prayer group. I started the intercessory prayer group. And we had to be back at like 5 o'clock because we prayed from 5 to 6 and then church from 6 to 8. And I mean, we'd go home, we'd eat tamales and drink Diet Cokes on the way home, take a quick nap. And, and then on the way back, I was just like, oh, so, so, um, and I've got to go back and lead prayer. And I felt like that grumbly old bear. 
and you know, and the kids didn't want to go back. They, we, it was just fun times, but uh, <laughs> but they're human times. But you know what saved me from the depression that would come on me after my nap and I had to go back? What saved me was I had to be there. That saved me. You know how many times I could have, if I'd have stayed home and not had an assignment and I was faithful to my assignment, if I'd have stayed home, I'd have probably been depressed all week. But when I got there, I thought, if they only knew what's going on inside of me. And I started praying. It lifted. Imagine that. I'm telling you, being involved is important. So he dedicated, he, he wants us to pray, thy kingdom come. And this is the work of the kingdom. This is the house of God. And anything you do, when you pick up a piece of paper in here to keep it looking nice, the Lord notices that. This is his house. And we, as a team, are his children, and we keep it. And we were providing a place for people to come in and hear the gospel, people to come in and experience his presence. Sometimes I don't think you realize how just filling that chair is quite a ministry. We know you sacrificed to get here. You probably could have turned over and shut the alarm off. I did twice. So I have to say it three or four times. I like to sneak up on waking up, you know, because I sleep deep. And so it takes me a while to come back up to the surface. So I know you sacrificed to be here, and God appreciates that. And you are building, if you will, your 401k in heaven. You're stashing into that. Every, every, uh, Pastor Jack used to say, you're making a deposit. You're making a deposit. You're making a deposit. So thy kingdom come. This is the place of the kingdom. Thy will be done. And then, then he, and then when Jesus left, the next slide on Acts 1, he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and be a witness. So he came on the scene saying, um, uh, the kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time's fulfilled. The kingdom's at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. He left by saying to his disciples, receive power and be a witness. Repent and believe, receive power, and be a witness. So those are the, the four commands that God, that Jesus gave us. And that's really what we all need to focus on. Because he says in the book of Revelation, he makes a comment about how he wasn't pleased that our works were not complete, perfect, were not perfect, meaning they were not full of the Holy Ghost. So repenting of dishonoring our headships and our authorities and and that's the one item that he's picked today for us to check our lives and analyze ourselves and judge ourselves in that one item because we're living in a culture and a society that is so anti-christ it's very anti-christ it's very anti-headship it's very anti-order it's lawlessness and we need to constantly remind, oh, don't forget, don't get caught, don't slip over into that lawlessness now because they've made you mad. Amen. Amen. And God will give us the grace. If something makes you angry, call out to him. His grace will immediately come in and coach your heart, saturate your heart, and strengthen your heart. Pastor Banning used to say it takes a strong heart to walk with God. And God is looking for those who are willing to walk with him in the days ahead. Amen. 
If we're going to be snatching people out of the fire and helping them across the river, we, we need to have a strong heart. A strong heart can, can forgive quickly. Amen? A strong heart can uh, call on that grace and allow that grace to work in their heart and turn it towards what's right. Uh, I've been known to say, Lord, I said to him one time, I am so angry over this. I am so angry over this. I said, I, I said, what did I say? I, I want to stop. I want to quit now. And uh, I said, but I'm, I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. <laughs> I said, I'm not promising I'll do it. But I am willing to listen to what you have to say. You got to be honest with God. I'm sure he gets a chuckle out of us. I said, I'm not promising you I'll do it, but I am willing to listen. And man, when he spoke back to me, what, what is it you want me to do, Lord? I'll do whatever. I mean, when God speaks into your spirit, gosh, the God of all the earth, the king of the universe, the one who created it all, speaks into our spirit, it makes you just melt. So we're looking at uh, he said, you will receive power. That's dunamis, dunamis. Now he put them under authority and then he told them that they would receive dunamis. So I'm, what I'm here to suggest to you is that dunamis will follow the, the authority power. You have the, the ability power following the authority power. The authority power, your mind is your authority over your spirit. That's why you're called to renew your mind. Because it's in authority. Your mind has the authority, and it's where you take authority, but your spirit will counsel you and say, do this, do that, turn right, turn left. But you've got to be submitted to authority. Remember in um, uh, Matthew 8, where the centurion came to Jesus to heal his servant, and Jesus said, I'll come. And he said, no, no, Lord, just speak the word only. I, too, am a man under authority. And I say, go to this one and go to that one. He had power because he was submitted to authority. And I, I think probably in the day that we live, and I'm judging myself here, we think that we can get by with uh, uh, saying whatever we want because we don't have to face that authority. They're in Washington somewhere or they're you know, in Austin somewhere or they're somewhere that it doesn't affect me and so I can say what I want. <laughs> but God hears. The angels are listening, and angels don't lose their authority. They don't lose their position. The demons did. They, they stepped out of position, and they've been cast out of heaven. But the, we don't get cast out of heaven if we step out of position, because we can repent and believe. Amen? But you're not going to walk in the power force that God has for you if you get out of order. Got it? That, that's, got it? Get it good. Now let's look at the last, the next one, uh, going on to the thief cometh not but to kill, to steal. We just already talked about that. To steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, Jesus said, but I've come that you may have life. And that's what he's saying to us today. Children, you're getting deceived here. The spirit of the age that you live in, and I have, I have experienced, I'm talking to me personally now, I have experienced when there's a spiritual disease running rampant and we can all get, you know, it's like we can all get touched by the flu. There's flu season in the spirit. 
And it's called lawlessness right now. One of the one we're talking about today is called lawlessness, disrespect for the constituted authority. The Holy Ghost doesn't go there. And the only way he will remove you from an authoritative figure that is wicked is if you pray for that person. If you pray and do your due diligence and that doesn't change them, God will either remove them or remove you. He's, he's, he's not blind. And he's not just telling you to live with it. But there's a process that's proper. And that is to forgive, ask God to forgive them, and pray for their destinies. You can always do that. Amen. So, um, let's see, where are we here? Let's look at 1 Corinthians. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. Oh, and I had one thing I wanted to share with you too, and then we'll be through. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 through the, I don't have a, oh yes I do, uh-huh, I do have a sign. Okay, but you look it up in your Bibles right now. We've kind of gotten away from that, you know. And I love the technology, but you need to look it up in your Bible. You might want to put a little marker out there or something. You might want to underline something. The Apostle Paul was saying, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Who is Christ? The anointing. The anointing. He is a picture of God's fullness. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in our Lord. And the rest of that is we are complete in him. So I don't want to short circuit any of that completeness because I'm disrespectful to authority. And you may have every right to really be, you may have a right to be disrespectful, but it might not be the smartest thing. I mean, if if you're going to rob yourself or hurt, you're going to stick yourself in the eye. Be disrespectful to your, own, your authorities. Whether they're the husband, the teacher, the pastor, the principals, the mayors, the governors, the presidents, the whatever. Any positions of authority. We are called. We, see, see, this is the thing. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. We are called to a higher standard than earth people. You are the VIPs that are going to have new bodies on you in the next age. They're going to say, ooh, there goes one of them. In the next age, you are the very important persons headed into the next age. And we are called to a higher standard. It says in the book of Acts, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues, they were praying with a a dignified, elevated discourse. So when we're praying in tongues, it takes our language standard up, up, way up. Takes our language level way up to a heavenly level, praying in other tongues. If you don't pray in other tongues, don't leave, don't leave here without it. There's lots of people that will help you get that. So um, uh, Christ is the anointing. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances. The, the art, the, the direction, as I delivered them to you, but I, I would hope, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Who is that? The anointing, right? Okay. Uh, and the head of the woman is the man. Now notice this, the head of the woman is the man. Guys, you're not ahead of everybody. You're ahead of the woman that you made covenant with. 
and she agreed in that covenant. You know, sometimes you say, if they had really told us what we were agreeing to at that altar, <laughs> we might not have agreed to all that. But, but you got to factor in God's grace to do what we're called to do. Amen. And so, but the women are saying, I agree to let this man headship me and direct my life, basically. My life is going to become his life, and he's the director of the ship. But he's saying to the man, when you take covenant with this woman, she's going to be your source of wisdom. She's going to be your source of power, really. You need her. So treat her nice. Because she, she, she is your secret weapon. She'll pick up on things that you don't pick up on. I remember Francis Frangipan, who's a minister of the gospel, and he says, he came home one day from church, or they have a church, and he said, honey, how's the church doing? She said, well, Francis, you're the pastor of the church. Why are you asking me? He said, ah, you know. You got all those little secret weapons. You know. Tell me how the church is doing. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> but women have a sensitivity, and a, the, the world calls it women's intuition. And it's, uh, by the way, guys, it can make you really mad. And it says not to be embittered against your wife. She'll pop off and say something, and you're like, I'm in charge of this ship. How would you know that? And I didn't know that if I'm in charge of the ship. Because God wanted us to work together. You need me, I need you. The pastor of the church lives off the tithes of the people. We need you to prosper for, for us to prosper. Your prosperity is our prosperity. So that's the way God puts us together as a team where we need each other. Amen? So uh, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. Every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, dishonors her head. I think of the women that go out and get involved in all these spiritual activities and groups and, and do all this stuff, and then they go home and uh, disrespect their husbands really bad. That's a dangerous thing to do. To get out in the spirit realm and be out of order is dangerous. And so God will not uh, reveal to us some things that he would like to reveal because he doesn't want us out there uncovered. And when we're out of order, we're uncovered. And so I would encourage each one of us to uh, put that last slide up about the God the Father. That's what he just said, God the Father. You know, when you pray, you pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus by the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's how you pray. And sometimes it can be, do I pray to Jesus? Do I pray to, but basically Jesus and the Father are one, but... You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus the Son. And then that said there was male, female, and children. Now that's in the home. But uh, I just encourage ladies, even out in the secular world, to honor. If you give honor to the male, they, they, they feel that. And it's being stolen so desperately today in society. I mean, women are taking over. And that's not right. I'm not saying they can't be in a headship position sometimes, but only if they're in order at home. But then the man needs to be in order at home. He needs to learn how to love his wife as Christ loves the church. If he's going to be head of employers, employees or other people, he's, he's got to be right at, at home. 
But I'm just saying, a scary thing to me is a woman who's totally uncovered and out of order running something in the country. You don't want that. That is scary, dangerous, and demonic. Can be, can be, I won't say always, can be an open door to the devil to get hold of things. God has order, and it's for our protection. It is our protective coating, actually. And I wanted to read you one thing. Uh, I, thought, I saw this, and I thought, you know, we live in a day where they, they're talking about toxic masculinity. We need some. We need you men to rise and be healed. We need you to, to, to put us in our place sometimes. <laughs> I think the scariest thing to a man is to see a woman out of control. When actually, you know what she's wanting you to do? <laughs> she's wanting you to just hold me for a little bit because I don't like this either. She doesn't like being out of control. So you don't have to solve the problem for her. Just give her a little hug. She'll calm right down. <laughs> don't fight back because you'll lose. But <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I think I'm joking. At any rate. Isn't this fun to know the order of God? And, uh, and it's not fun to always keep it. I mean, I, there have been times when I'm, I don't have to put up with this. Not him. Not him. This, this is somewhere else. I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to put up with this. And the Lord said to me, if you're going to walk with me, you do. Yeah. I said, okay, I have to put up with this. <laughs> I didn't like it, but you know what it did? It squeezed the flesh right out of me. Not enough, but it did squeeze the flesh right out of me. <laughs> it could squeeze some more. <laughs> so don't make me laugh. <laughs> okay, this is, this is serious now. We can't get laughing. Psalm 99, verse 3 says, Let them praise, that's why I like the song we ended up with. Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. And verse 5 in that psalm says, Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Now in Spurgeon's uh, commentary, he says, Under the most terrible aspect, the Lord is still to be praised. Many profess to admire the milder beams of the sun of righteousness, but burn with rebellion against its more flaming radiance. So it ought not to be. We are bound to praise a terrible God and worship him who cast the wicked down to hell. Did not Israel praise him who overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for his mercy endureth forever? The terrible avenger is to be praised as well as the loving redeemer. This is the male and the female aspect of who God is. But they're, they're trying to shut out the male aspect in today's world. The world system is trying to shut out the male aspect of God's image. And put a, a big light on and, and, and exalt the woman. And I'm not saying women can't be exalted. They can, they can do anything that God calls them to do. But they've got to first find their first place in the home. We have the privilege, ladies, of manifesting the power that submission will release. Jesus submitted unto death on the cross, and it changed all of our lives for eternity. There's power in submission. 
And we have the calling, that's our anointed calling, is to manifest that in the home, manifest that so the men can see it worked out, and they, and they learn from that. And because we're vulnerable in that, we need their protection and direction. God has a plan. Amen. Amen? Okay. The terrible avenger is to be praised as well as the loving redeemer. Against this, the sympathy of man's evil heart will, with sin rebels. The avenger being praised as well as the redeemer. How much do we talk? We, we, we always talk about the love of God, thinking of it emo, emotionally and nurturing side and Jesus died for our sins and all that. What about the God who brings strict justice on the scene? And we're going to be seeing him soon. The God of the Old Testament. Nobody wants to talk about him. That's what he's saying here. Against this, the sympathy of man's evil heart with sin rebels. It cries out for an effeminate God in whom pity has strangled justice. Mercy can run amok. And mercy needs a prophet standing there saying, ah, nope, stop right here. <laughs> Those two aspects of who God actually is but you can't show, just keep the one you like. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'd rather God speak to me roughly and, and, and correct me than to not talk to me at all. And he will just step back and not talk at all. So I, I want him to correct me or confirm me. Amen? And I think that's a healthy thing to say. It cries out, the evil, man's evil heart cries out for an effeminate God in whom pity has strangled justice. The well-instructed servants of Jehovah praise him in all the aspects of his character, whether terrible or tender. And that's what they said, exalting the Lord. When we're exalting the Lord, remember, he's a male and a female. He made us in his image, male and female. He created them. And his male side is that authoritative figure. And when he comes on the scene, he ain't messing with nothing. He's putting things in order. Amen. His mercy has been sent forward. Just like John the Baptist was a forerunner to Jesus coming. Jesus was a forerunner to the strict justice of God coming. The gospel is a forerunner. Ooh! <laughs> if I could hop, I would hop. But I'm not hopping as much anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's just give him some praise. Give him some praise. Let's praise both sides of his character, the male and the female side of his image and his character, his justice and his redeeming side, his nurturing, loving kind, and his just strict judgment. You know what? If he didn't have that aspect, this universe wouldn't be. Amen. He said, stay out there. Don't move till I tell you. And he makes it stay out there. Amen. You need the father in the household. We're going to pray for first. We're going to pray for. Uh, I would like to just lead us in a prayer. And it's going to be brief because it's not what we're here about. Remember what, what we came in here. We are being robbed by disre through disrespecting our authorities. So I'd like for each one of us to, to examine ourselves. God is throwing his hat in the door and cautioning us. Check yourself. Make sure you're not being disrespectful in your attitude of heart. Not just what you do or don't say, but in your attitude of heart. Let's, let's get back in alignment and learn to 
respect. What does it say in uh, Ephesians about the, the wife? She's to respect, reverence her husband, notice him, regard him, honor him, prefer him, venerate and esteem him, and defer to him. That's what we do to a headship. We reverence and honor that position that they're in. We may have to take them out to the woodshed and pray the blood of Jesus over them to, to get them in order, but the office that they hold and while they're in it, we need to respect that. Amen? Amen. And if the church will lead out in that, the world will begin to see it because it's a pleasant thing when you see it operating. And even the world goes, woo, look at that. Amen. So we're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to lead out of that. Father, I want to lead you in a prayer for the government, and then I've asked Pastor Jack R. to come up and pray for the men of their households. Did you do that? As a man feels the need for prayer, what that prayer would be. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just praise you. Lord, we, ex we, ex we, we receive you holy. We receive your strict just justice. We receive your redeeming love. We, we honor you as you are. We, we, we love you as who you are. We take all of you, not just parts that we like. We take all of you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And you said, first of all, to pray for those who are in, a, in authority over us. So we proclaim the, the blood of the Lamb over the United States of America over the government of this land, over the governments throughout this land, for every city, every state. Father, every seat of authority in this land, we are uh, pleading the blood of Jesus over it. You said that, that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. So we put the blood over every seat of authority in this land in the name of Jesus. That this sickness that we are living in right now in this culture is not unto death, but for your glory, for the, for the church, for the glory of the church as we rise up and, and walk out uh, the respect for the seats of authority. I thank you for it, Lord. We proclaim the victory of the blood and we ask for your healing. We ask for your deliverance. We ask for your forgiveness where we have not paid attention and we've allowed ourselves to get in this shape. <clears throat> but Lord, I'm asking you to be speaking to us personally and individually. You have things to say to each one of us in these issues. And some people are called to be politicians. Some people are called to these seats of authority. And so we just, I ask you to be speaking to us, Father, and showing us what you would have us do. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. All the men, please stand. All the males born that way. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Father, in the name that's above every name, Father, we acknowledge today every man standing. We acknowledge that you are our head. Yes, 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 yes. You declared that, Father, not us. But we declare today as a man, Lord, that you are our head. And we thank you for this, uh, this position, Father, that you created us in your image. And Father, you said that we are to respect and honor all people. So Father, we praise you and we just thank you. We receive that authority and that power and that commission today, Father, that you've commissioned us to be the man that you created us to be. And so Father, I thank you that it's not going to change around us until we change ourselves. So we're asking for that today, Lord. 
Father, we desire to be the man, the godly man, the godly husband, the godly father, the godly brother, the godly uncle. We're asking for that today, Father. Make us aware of your great care for us as men, Father. So we praise you for that, Lord. I receive it today. I pray a blessing on every man in the hearing of my voice today, Father, that you've provided for us, you have a plan for us, and you're saying, get in order. Get in order. And so, Father, we receive that today. We take our place today, Father, as the head of our household. And we again state, Lord, that we are a man under Christ. And, Father, for that, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.